Hello and welcome to another episode of Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Angie and I'm Sushi. So in our last episode, we learned a little about starting a design business in India from Saloni. That was a fun episode. You should check it out. This week, we're going to talk about that thing designers do that helps them create great design. You mean waving the magic wand tool? No, I'm talking about the other thing, design process. Ah, it's a big deal and hugely significant. And it's probably what defines a designer even more than the tools or style that they use. Yeah, let's talk about uh, this article that I read that kick-started this whole conversation for us recently. Remember? Yeah, so the article is called Let's Stop Talking About The Design Process uh, by Carissa Carter. She's the director of teaching at the Stanford D School. And in this write-up, she compares design process to cooking. How it's not a process that is set in stone, but something we learn and improvise based on experience, context and availability of ingredients. I think her example kind of does justice to the art and science that is the design process. Uh, I remember in my initial days out of design school, I struggled a lot uh, trying to fit Uh, the design process very rigidly into every project and I kind of felt let down whenever it wasn't possible which as you know is not always possible in real world projects. Me too. When I first learned about the process in design school I had a rather legalistic view of it. Like I would try to force every project into the five hexagon process and I felt it was really limiting in terms of being able to come up with innovative solutions. So I felt really stuck in some ways. But then I realized that the process is just a framework and you could and you probably should work around it. So Sushi, for those listening who have no idea what we're talking about, uh, should we maybe give a brief overview or a background? Yeah, so in any design process, the designer breaks the project into different phases, right? And while the process may vary depending on the designer and the context, there's a widely accepted format of process and this includes immersive research, definition of the scope, uh, ideation, prototype and then testing. I'm sure there are many good reasons why designers would want to follow a process. For one, it helps you be organized and gives you a vague sort of direction at the beginning when everything tends to be fuzzy, right? Yeah. So you don't stress about where to start, but just enter the process with whatever vague Mm. brief you have. And then you just start off trying to break down the problem into manageable parts. Right. The process could also prevent you from wandering too far from the scope of the project and getting lost. That's true. Uh, Another thing it does also is it helps you communicate design in a structured way uh, to clients and other team members. Uh, It also helps to justify estimates, which I think is a huge thing, right? Because uh, a lot of design can be invisible and I think having a structure uh, helps us to communicate the invisible parts of design and makes it visible wherever possible. For example, uh, in one of my projects, uh, I was able to uh, represent the whole system uh, using post-its on the wall. This was an enterprise Uh, software company and uh, yeah it was one of their products and it really took up a big part of the wall but as designers we've done this right we've done this in design school and uh, 
maybe some other projects we may have done but um, doing this at the client's location on one of their walls was uh, you know it helped them see their product in a new light they were able to see relationships that they couldn't see when everything was like in a page format or um, a diagram on the computer right so everything was just on the wall and we could just move stuff around and tell them what if we move this here what if we move this there so this simple thing which we do as part of our design process helped uh, communicate very visibly uh, what we were up to and it's so true that the user or the, the client only sees the end product and they don't know what you're really up to and hmm. if that end product is impressive then it's quite likely that there was a rigorous uh, process behind it right. from research to ideation and to actually producing right right but do you think there are factors that limit the process for instance not all clients may have the time or the budget to conduct formal research yeah i do think there are factors that influence process but not necessarily limited uh there are many cases where the client doesn't have budget like you said for formal research or doesn't think research is worth uh investing in right one example i can think of was uh it was actually an internship i did where obviously there wasn't enough budget for the the project i was doing because they were just testing out an idea in this case what i did in terms of research if you can call it is just uh desk research <laughs> i just had to uh, look at a lot of uh, this is about video games so i had to look at a lot of product reviews um app reviews look at discussion boards online what are people saying about products and just go through some product sites and look at what the flow is like and just compare it and put all this in documents which would help communicate that this is the research we have like uh, without sometimes the users are not in the same place as you so you can't really go and sit with them and see how they're using products so this is the kind of research you can do when there's no budget <laughs> yeah um yeah secondary research on the internet right right um also the other thing is i think ask 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 <laughs> uh sometimes you're in a team and um, you think you're the only one with all the insights which is absolutely not true uh sometimes we just need to talk to people who have been in the team longer than us uh non design folks who will have a lot of insights about how the users um uh, work with the product so uh again get out of your comfort zone ask people around you what's up and uh, that might also help you in your process yeah what about a situation where you have the idea first and then you realize that it could solve a problem or fill a gap i would say that's really cool but uh, to take it further from there in order to make it happen you have to take couple of steps back before you move forward identify the problem what are you trying to solve and how the idea fits in uh, but what if the idea is the starting point like if there really isn't a problem but the idea could lead to opportunities uh, in this case i think the design process helps you to validate your idea um to see uh, you know ask those questions that we normally do who is this for uh, how will this benefit them what are they looking for how do they use it uh, kind of uh, put your idea through the process and see uh, how it holds up right How about a situation where art overlaps with design? Like if you're designing a set of mugs for instance, how would you fit that into the process? 
Uh, then I think you need to ask yourself what is so special about those mugs? <laughs> who's who's going to be using them? Uh, how can it be designed to solve uh, some pain points? Uh, would you be preventing spills or breakage with uh, some features that you would add? Uh, unless you're just going to pull a Philippe Stark and just go with it. <laughs> yeah. That's a fair point. I recently had an idea which I was all ready to prototype and I was pretty confident about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then i just decided to do some research just for the sake of it and but you know i identified a couple of pain points that the product was unintentionally solving mm. and this actually added value to the concept and made me more um, confident about the idea so i guess empathy is never really a bad idea <laughs> i told you so sushi <laughs> <laughs> okay so when you talk about design process and design thinking what comes to my mind and i'm sure this comes to a lot of minds is a big whiteboard full of sticky notes and photos something like what a crime scene investigation looks like in the movies <laughs> yeah uh, in a way design process is all about investigation um, <laughs> yeah so this brings us to the analogy in the article where uh, carter compares the process of design to cooking right uh where there is a definite procedure but also there's room to explore and enjoy the process without letting it get rigid or limiting yeah it's better to have chefs who can each make a unique version of a dish mm-hmm. rather than have them all make the same dish perfectly unless they all work for the same restaurant of course <laughs> yeah um there are so many ways of making sambar as uh, <laughs> you know there are as many ways as people that make it uh, but when you taste it you know it's sambar most of the time sushi yeah. don't uh, test me on this one <laughs> <laughs> um you know initially when i started cooking i went rigidly according to the recipe um and i really get stressed out but slowly i learned the reasons why some instructions were given uh, or uh, why one ingredient was supposed to be added before the other for example and soon i was able to cook without looking at a recipe so it was more like a framework or a guideline that i used um while improvising right? yeah this makes sense uh, it's similar to how mastery of a skill can allow you to innovate more freely so design process is also a skill in some sense so once you once you get the process right it it can actually help you yeah. innovate more that's the whole idea yeah Uh you know another point is when we cook we change and adapt the process based on what's happening right like something doesn't smell right something doesn't taste right and then you yeah. uh try to figure it out uh what do you think we can do in our design process that's similar how do we adapt so there have been times when we have started off with a brief and then the ideation phase becomes so exciting that we see ourselves going totally off track from the initial scope that we defined Hmm. and we realize that we are off track and we tell ourselves to get back in line but then there's this feeling that makes us want to ignore that scope because this is a more exciting solution <laughs> uh do you think that's a bad thing nah i think sometimes it's a good thing uh no harm in wandering a little yeah you might just be grateful for that distraction if you're feeling stuck and you know the hopelessness of the project is <laughs> getting on your nerves Yeah, but we'll have to weigh out the risks of shifting the scope, right? Yeah, I think uh prototyping and testing should give you a hint. Yeah, it most certainly should. And that's not where the process really ends. 
uh, ideally there has to be multiple cycles of ideation mm. prototyping testing yeah and then yeah. the idea is that the solution gets more refined with every cycle uh, one common mistake designers tend to make is uh, mixing up methods with process mm, yeah. uh, like uh, you know you mentioned mind mapping with sticky <laughs> notes Uh, mind mapping is a great method that you may use as part of your ideation process but it is not the process itself there are several other methods uh, like sketching or even word building that might be more suitable for ideation in a different context yeah so i think choosing the right methods and tools contextually is a skill uh, i am a big advocate hmm. for cross breeding methods or modifying them to suit your context Uh, right. in one college project that i did which required a lot of research uh, my teammates and i conducted user interviews by using picture cards to map a day in the life of our users so wow. this actually made our users more comfortable with sharing the day in their life mm-hmm. uh, another example i can think of which is totally different is mood boards so this is something i've typically seen textile and space designers use but i also find it useful to communicate the look and the feel of the products to clients so a mood board or as i like to call it an aspirational catalog provides the context for the product so even the manufacturer understands the quality and recommends ideal materials or processes for manufacturing that's fascinating i also try to be innovative with the methods we use for research and ideation okay. with my teammates at work speaking of which Do you find it more challenging to follow a process when you're an individual uh, designer as opposed to when you're in a team? There's definitely the temptation to skip the user research or skip the testing because there are no teammates to challenge your claims and assumptions. <laughs> But that's precisely why I feel it's all the more crucial. Like we talked about in the episode about feedback, another common trap is when you have one good idea and then you're reluctant to brainstorm for more ideas. and even mm. subconsciously when yeah. you try everything can lead back to that same initial idea ha huh? <laughs> yeah yeah maybe you should organize some group brainstorm sessions to get all those juices flowing <laughs> right that's actually a great idea and now you're invited to my brainstorm about the idea i had about solar power is 3 <laughs> later today <laughs> okay i'll sign up for that one <laughs> we'll discuss that later Um so the Carter article goes on to talk about eight abilities that a designer must possess rather than the rigid design process steps. Uh, I found that so interesting. Ah uh, yes, she mentions that at the Stanford D school they try to focus on these abilities from being able to synthesize information to building intentionally. Sounds like an amazing design school curriculum. Uh, it doesn't seem rigid at all. Uh, you know how in our traditional school systems we are always taught that there is one correct textbook way of doing things and we need to stick with that uh, i'm so glad that design gives us a way uh, out of that i think exploring each ability would give us room to refine our work while staying innovative uh, with every project that we're working yeah, on yeah plus there are many episode ideas in there <laughs> Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> hey listeners, do you have a great design process that sets you apart? And have you tailored some innovative methods to suit a project? Tweet to us at designlota and share it with us. You can find the transcript for this episode at designlota.com. 
Don't forget to check out the references to help you up your process game. Catch us in the next episode where we talk about how spaces impact design. Until then, bye. Bye.